Hey everybody, welcome to Bedside Matters, the podcast that addresses the medical issues that impact all of us every single day and will hopefully give you the answers you're looking for so you can be more informed and healthier. I am Anna Vicino and I'm joined by Dr. David Kipper and Peter Tilden. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, David. You good? I'm great. Thank you. This is a fascinating episode because we're going to talk about ways to lengthen your telomere. Actually, it's ways to lengthen your life, and it's, it's kind of fascinating. We missed Radon Awareness Month, but we wanted to talk about it because it is very important. As a matter of fact, it's fascinating because radon seems like, wow, not that, not that big a deal in our lives anymore. Apparently, it should be, and this just happened. We're going to talk about an amazing and innovative cancer vaccine that's new, and we got a caller who wants to ask a question about a particular diet food that we all eat because we think it is potentially healthy. So let's get into it. So David, lengthening your life through telomeres, what is that about? So what is a telomere? A telomere is a little cap on the end of a chromosome. And the chromosome is loaded with our DNA. And as these chromosomes replicate, the cap sort of keeps everything in place. And that cap gets shorter and shorter. And so when the little cap gets short enough, and the chromosome now is exposing its DNA, then the DNA is prone to developing mutations which turn into cancers, and your life gets shortened because of this. So the longer the telomere, the longer your life. So the worrisome thing, or the question I'm going to ask, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed, can they actually look and spot a telomere, see the length, and you're up Thursday? I mean, we're getting to that point. We're like, "Uh uh-oh, Peter's got short telomeres, don't tell him. They actually have these statistics where you can measure your telomere and get some prediction about how long you'll live. This was part of the work that they did in 2009 for the Nobel Prize. I don't think we're using that as a metric, but we do know for sure that as the telomere shortens, so does our lifespan. So what do you do to lengthen your telomere? I mean, is is it all the stuff we know, sleep, diet, all that stuff? It's everything that we've always heard about for lifestyle changes and as that relates to inflammation. So if you look at your diet as an example, the Mediterranean diet is probably the best thing you can do. Omega-3s are very good for that. People that have higher vitamin D levels actually have longer telomeres and therefore live a little longer. So David, does it matter telomere length? Does that mean if you have natural vitamin D in your system, the telomeres are long, or can it be that I take or Anna takes vitamin D um, and can keep the level up so that helps your telomere? Vitamin D needs to be supplemented. None of us really have enough to make that difference, but it would make a difference if you supplement with vitamin D. I don't mean to brag, but I supplement with vitamin D and I have actually raised my vitamin D levels. Just want to just throw that out there. You look like a medium telomere person. I hope I'm medium to medium long at this point, but probably not because I'm about to turn 50. So I don't know. I don't know. Oh boy. 50 is not a a good telomere birthday. So David, can you change, like if her telomeres are medium, can she sleep well, go on a Mediterranean diet, get rid of stress, do all of that stuff and extend her telomeres? Yes, you can. And Anna, for your birthday, you can exercise Mm -hmm. 10 minutes. Actually, if you did that every day, you will also lengthen your telomeres. And Lowering your stress levels will do the same thing. Stress has a definite impact on causing oxidative stress, which causes inflammation, and that also shortens your telomeres. Peter, the sleep issue is is interesting. You do need to maximize your sleep. We think that's about seven hours a night. 
shorter sleep periods result in shorter telomeres. Here's what happens in sleep. If you're not getting your regenerative sleep, you're not going to clear all the debris that the brain makes during the day. That stuff sticks around, clogs up the brain cells, these glial cells, and creates inflammation. This is part of what happens with Alzheimer's, cognitive decline. So it also has a direct effect on the length of your telomeres. So before we move on to the next subject, um, telomeres, I mean, we've known about them, like you said, since the 30s. So what does this new information give us as far as we can extend our telomeres? Is there a length that you're shooting for? Is it like going to the gym and saying, come on, I want to get my telomere another centimeter longer? It's another bargaining chip that we as physicians have to try to get people to change their lifestyle. And there's always been this interest in prolonging life, Ponce de Leon, Fountain of Youth. This has never gone away and it's still here. So it's one more thing that people can focus on with very specific metrics that can help you live a little longer. Moving on, let's talk radon, something that I had never heard of before I bought the house that I'm in and I, we had to test our house for radon. I still don't quite understand what it is, but now it's in the news. We're talking about radon. Is it a threat? Should we be worried about radon exposure or poisoning? We should be worried about radon if we're smokers. That's really the highest risk group. Oh, like radon it's in cigarettes? Is, no, it's not in the cigarette, but cigarettes cause their own damage to the lung and have a cancer potential. Radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer, smoking being the first. But the combination of the two probably raises your risk for lung cancer 10 times. And radon is everywhere. Radon's in the soil, it's in the water, it's in rocks. And what it is is uranium that's degradating. And these little radioactive particles can get into the environment, specifically into your lungs and into your system. This is why it's common in lung cancer. It destroys the lining of the lung tissue. But it also has reference to other illnesses. It has references to liver disease, gastrointestinal disease. So it's not restricted to the lung. But we don't hear, it used to be, I don't know if everybody else remember, I mean, it's radon, radon, radon all the time. Give it 22 minutes, we'll give you radon. Then we haven't heard about it for years. And because we're doing this segment, I looked up that radon testing during home purchases declined nearly 40% in 2022 because people just aren't thinking, I should check for this. You know what I wound up doing, because everybody said when we moved to Santa Barbara County, you have to test for radon. And I was literally like, what is that? Because I was thinking of Radon Chong, the actress. Like that was my association. (laughs) You have to test for Radon Chong too. We we checked (laughs) every closet. I wish she was here. I love her. She's a national treasure, but she was not at my house. Neither was radon, the, the gas. Now I'm seeing it everywhere. And I'm like, is this an actual threat? Is it more common in certain areas? I, I looked at a map of Santa Barbara County and it had like the red, you know, like it was oh. more prevalent in certain areas. And that scared me. So here's a question <laughs> that you bring this up. What state in the United States has the highest level of radon? Alaska. Really? Oh, you ruined it. We didn't even get the guess. You just ruined the guess. Why Alaska? Wow, you really made Peter upset. Guess which state, and I'll be quiet after this, has the lowest amount of radon? Hawaii. Exactly right. Wait, I didn't get to guess. I never get to guess. All right, well, guess. Take your guess. Nebraska. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You know something? I'm guessing badly because I have short telomeres. That's what's happening to me, I can tell. (laughs) So Hawaii and Alaska. And radon, we missed 
uh, Radon Awareness Month. We, I was ready. I had the hats. I had all the stuff ready to go. But it is that. I didn't realize that it is still that that present everywhere, and that you should test when you're when you're looking for a house. If you're looking for these kits, by the way, they're everywhere. You can get them in a hardware store. You can get them at Home Depot or Lowe's. There's a website for getting these that the state health departments have radon websites. But there are ways to mitigate the radon, which is to put these systems in your home where you actually take a pipe and you suck the air from the soil or as low down as you can get above the level of your roof and you just bypass the amount of radon. Wow. You can also put air purifiers in. So there are, there are ways to mitigate this. Moving on from radon telomeres, the This Just In segment is fascinating. There's this innovative cancer vaccine. I'm very into this story because of what my, my brother-in-law is going through with his glioblastoma, yeah. Which is this, was about brain cancers. And it's a really interesting way that they're looking at using your own system to fight against an abnormality in your system, correct, David? Yes, and this dovetails off of all the work we're doing with immunotherapy, where we're creating antibodies against specific diseases and solving that problem uh, by our own immune system attacking these diseases without using other forms of chemotherapy, steroids, and other things that have a destructive value. The future is here. There are probably 20 clinical trials going on now with very specific types of tumor antigens that we've recognized that will correlate directly with a specific kind of a tumor. In September of this year, the United Kingdom is going to be doing human trials. BioNTech is the one that's created all of these. And there will also be a center in Boston that's going to be a trial center. And what they do is they take little snippets of the cancer DNA or RNA, and we can do this now because we have the ability to test these gene lines. And you take a little snippet of that cancer and you inject it into a cell in the body, and the body makes an antibody against it. So the B cells, those are the memory immune cells, they come out and they make antibodies, and then the T cell system activates the killer T cells, and they come and they kill it. So now, three years later, 10 years later, that little snippet of that cancer gets into your system. You are ready to go. You have an immune response that's geared for that cancer. If you look at people that have a high likelihood of getting a specific cancer, so they're, you know, breast cancers run in families, prostate, colon cancers run in families, we can now use some of these antigens that we can now test in the blood. We have these blood biomarkers that can tell us this person might be predisposed to colon cancer or to prostate cancer or to pancreatic cancer, whatever these are. We have plenty of these. We have BRCA genes. So we know people that have a BRCA gene are predisposed. So they can now take this at-risk population and start priming them with these immune therapies, vaccines. Are we possibly, like in our kids' generation, going to do away with chemotherapy? Is that possible that it will be over and that they'll be using this widespread so we won't have to go through the side effects? I think that the next generation is going to have full entree to these therapies. I think our generation, we might see some of them. Again, for the more common cancers, 
there is definitely hope, and this is different, and it's so much safer than what we've been throwing at people. This is very I mean, exciting. Can you imagine if we don't have to do chemotherapy? Well, and if you could isolate so there's no extra damage, so you're attacking exactly, yeah. you're so targeted at that point mm-hmm. that you're not destroying somebody's system to kill something that's in their system. David, is this possible? What We're talking about these tests. How fast do these tests go through? How long do they do testing for? Is this years in the making? Or do they do enough testing in a year or two that they can actually bring it to market? That's a great question, Peter. When these mRNA vaccines came out for COVID, everyone said, well, these, these things came out in two months. What's, they have been in study for 20 years. So we've been looking at this technology and how to appropriate this technology into some clinical use. So it's been in evolution, and we're just now starting to see this blossom. And to Anna's family member, can somebody now get, if they're listening and have this, a blessed summer, can they get into a program where they can go into these clinical trials? Is that available to them? That's another good question. And I think the way to understand that or answer that question is to somehow communicate with BioNTech and try to get their entry level into these programs. They're going to be looking at people that have known cancers that we can treat, people that are at risk for cancers but don't yet have cancers, or people that have early cancers that we can treat. So the population that's going to be studied is vast, and it touches all different levels of cancer. All right, moving on to our final segment. Hey, what about me? We have a caller who wants to know about a certain diet food. Is it good to eat this? Is it a healthy diet food? Is it something that we should be eating? I'm very curious to hear your answer. Hi, Dr. Kipper. My name is Cindy, and I have a question about popcorn. I'm on a diet, and I eat it constantly, thinking that it's going to help me fill me up and lose weight. But I'm wondering, realistically, how much of a diet food Yes, this is an interesting question. Thank you. Because we all eat popcorn. And it's the only reason I go to a movie is to eat the popcorn. Well, that's sad. You know you can make it at home. Well, that's part of the dangerous part of this. Unless you're using an air popper, if you're using microwave popcorn, or you're adding salt and butter and calories and fats to the popcorn, you're actually doing more harm than good. But popcorn can actually be a great snack item. High in fiber, low in calorie, it fills you up. They actually studied popcorn versus potato chips, and they found that popcorn turned out to be the far better snack item for those reasons, for people that were on weight programs. There are, <laughs> here's another quiz. Peter, I'm going to give you all the time you need. Thanks. How, how many calories do you think there are in a tub of movie popcorn? Watch this, Anna. Around 1,000. Wow. Excellent. Thank About 1,100. That's Thank excellent. You. Look at that. All right. How much salt is in that same tub? How much, like grams of sodium? Yes, grams of sodium. 235 milligrams of sodium. Can I guess, David? (laughs) Sure. 2,600 milligrams. Well, Peter, you're wrong. It's 2,650 milligrams. You're so dumb, Peter. here's Here's something that I know neither of you have read. What is the daily requirement for milligrams of sodium? God, that I don't know. 100. It's gotta be low. It's gotta be low. 
If a tub has 2650. 500. This is one of those, if a train leaves Cleveland at nine, I hate these. 1800. 1800 is 1800. Wow. So a tub of popcorn is beyond your daily requirement. (laughs) It's not stopping me from going to the movies and getting one of those, but wow. So I'm a low carb person, so I won't have the popcorn. So if the popcorn on its own, I think it's like whatever, but then you're adding the fats and the salts to it. So you have high carb, high fat. That's where it gets dangerous, right? When you add all and salt, all of the things together, if you're yes. just having popcorn at home, even though I'm not doing it cause I'm a low carb person, but you, generally it's not going to like be a thing that spikes your blood sugar and causes a huge. Well, but except the stuff you make response, at home does, does have the stuff you have at home can come buttered. It can come cinnamon. It can come, I mean, you got to be careful what you buy because a lot of it comes buttered, pre-buttered and pre-salted and stuff. And so usually if you buy they're it, not even, it's not even real butter. They're putting on like hydrogenated, right. gross parquet crap, fake butters. You don't want the fake butters. Like a steak isn't necessarily bad for you. A steak is good for you, right? But a donut is bad for you because it's like the high carb and the high fat mixed together. And so your body's like in a S storm of friedness, right? Exactly right. I want to throw out another factoid, another benefit of popcorn, because this actually translates into why they think popcorn is a benefit for people that are predisposed to heart disease, high blood pressure, and diabetes specifically, because there's an antioxidant in popcorn. These are phenolic acids, and they're antioxidants, so they reduce inflammation. So there is some actual longevity value and disease affecting value. In just popcorn or is it in like regular corn on the cob? It's in corn. But I I have another question. What makes the popcorn pop? The fluid in there that that has a bit of a, it probably has a bit of water or something when heated it pops. Yes. The the water boils. 4% water. Peter, you're no fun in these quizzes. Do you know that a movie theater makes more money and their sale of popcorn than they do in the movie tickets. Because popcorn costs them five cents, and then they sell it for $17. (laughs) Do you know how far a popcorn kernel will pop? Three feet. Three feet. Look at you. Three feet. If I can just recap what we learned today, kids. Telomeres, size matters. Telomeres (laughs) relate directly to how we age. Radon is everywhere. And if you're smoking, you raise your risk of lung cancer 10 times. Cancer vaccines, groundbreaking, paradigm shifting. This is amazing. And it's coming out this year. We're going to see actual clinical trials. This is very exciting. Uh, And it's not limited to people that don't yet have cancer. It's going to be available for people that have late cancers, early cancers. So this is fantastic. And we can thank the mRNA vaccine manufacturers for this technology. And popcorn, (laughs) a good snack. Better choice than potato chips. Invented in 1928 by Pillsbury. How about that? Just a little bit of a fact. Anna, you got something you want to say before we go? Hey, if you guys have questions for Dr. Kipper, and who doesn't, Why don't you go to bedsidematters.org, send us a card or letter, send us a recording, leave us a message, and we might just answer your question. And by we, I mean Dr. Kipper. He's the one. The information on Bedside Matters should not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. 
The information on Bedside Matters is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. We'll see you next time.